This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, here we are back with you once again, bringing it to you. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. If you love rock and roll, you're in the right place because you're hanging out with me, Aaron Camaro, and you're spending time with my main buddy right here, Chris Sinzak. How's it going, brother? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty awesome. You know, we've been having a lot of fun doing the best and worst, and everybody's been coming around saying how much they enjoy it when we do these shows. And, you know, we like to space it out and change it up and do different subjects all the time, but... After we did the best and worst of Iron Maiden, we had a friend reach out to us and say, hey, what about the best and worst of Pantera? It's very topical. It is very topical right now. Everybody, who's not talking about Pantera right now? So we said perfect timing, perfect guests. Let's do this. So in back-to-back weeks right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, you're getting the best and the worst. This week, it's Pantera. Yeah, this is going to be fun, and you know we're recording the intro to this a couple days after we did the actual meat of the show, and uh, spoiler alert, I kind of like said that my my least favorite from Cowboys from Hell was Medicine Man, and I've gone back and I've listened to it like four times since, so what the (laughs) fuck do I know? I didn't know you were adding disclaimers. (laughs) I am, because I'm like, that song's been stuck in my head for two days since we recorded that episode. I like it. It's a good song. I mean, come on. We're talking about another band here, just like we did with Iron Maiden, where it's the best and the least of the best, I guess, off of some of these albums, because, man, I love Pantera. I know you do, too. I know a lot of the listeners love Pantera. When When I'm in the mood for some really heavy music... Nine times out of ten, Pantera is my go-to. Yeah. So this isn't going to be one where you're going to hear a lot of bashing or a lot of saying this sucks because, let's face it, there's not a whole lot on these albums that do suck. Some maybe not as quite as good as others, but all in all, it's Pantera, so you got to love it. But we're going to break it down. We're going to do our best. We're going to try to find the worst songs from Pantera. And if that's not difficult enough, on some of these stellar albums that are just loaded full of great songs, we also have to pick out the best. And that's not easy either. <laughs> well, one thing I like to point out is, you know, we do these best and worst of episodes and like with certain bands, 
like Iron Maiden, you got to break it down by um, decade. Yeah. And Pantera, I've never seen a band that did so much with so little as far as the amount of albums they put out during their glory years. You know, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously. But this is a band that just they really put out what, like five studio albums that are in kind of in their classic era. And those albums stand up to 20 albums by other bands. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, this is true. So this is not going to be an easy task today, but we accept the challenge and we're going to do it. But before we get to all that, you know us. We got to take care of our business. You know our business. It's the same thing every single week. We want them. We need them. It's reviews and recommendations. We like to get them off of the pod chaser. We like to get the recommendations off of Facebook. And, of course, we love Apple Podcast Reviews. Five stars. You bet we're going to read it on the show. But last week, we said, holy shit, we got the hat trick. Maybe we shouldn't blow our wad. Maybe we should space these out and save them. But, no, we were so excited to have one of each that we rattle all of them off. And guess what? This week, <laughs> we don't have any. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what makes me happy? Just as happy, I guess, as getting reviews is when people follow us on Facebook. And, you know, we've got like 8,000 plus followers on there and they get involved in the conversation. When we release an episode, we always release it on Twitter and Facebook. And mostly people want to follow us on Facebook. That's our level right there. Those are our people, the Facebook people. And they like to comment on the episodes. And that brings me a lot of joy because one, that means somebody actually listened to it. (laughs) And two... It struck them enough to go, you know what, I agree with that, or no, I don't agree with that, but at least you listen to it, and the conversation is what we like. So if you're not following Decibel Geek and liking us on Facebook, you got to do that. And also, if you want to get in on the great conversations that are happening with all of our friends all around the world, you want to join the Decibel Geek community on Facebook, because that's where the rock and roll conversation is happening. Now, as we don't have any reviews... We had a lot of really great comments on last week's episode, The Best and Worst of Iron Maiden. Great response on the new noise as well. We got a good one from Patrick Breen, who's a great friend of ours, and his comment was this. Awesome episode. Weighing in on the Alice Cooper, glad Kane Roberts is back. I think Nita may have had more time to concentrate on solo stuff with Lovato. Heard the Demi tune, and I gotta say, the music is more rock slash punk, but her voice is still pop. But whatever. Good luck to all involved. I know I want to see Alice Cooper even more now, especially if the 80s stuff will be in the set list. As for Pantera, call it what they want. There's a rumor that King's X and Suicidal Tendencies will be opening. Oh man, Mm. hell yes. If true, I will go. I am just glad I saw Pantera years ago with White Zombie. Zach and Charlie are great choices. I agree with all of that. Yeah, me too. I hope that rumor is true because King's X and Suicidal opening for the the new version of Pantera. I I will. De- I mean, I'll be a first day ticket buyer either way, but that would definitely help seal the deal. Oh man, I love both of those bands. You know, King's X is on slate to release a new album too. Yeah, they put two song two singles out so far. I'm a little iffy on the two singles so far, but. 
I'm uh, I'm always excited to hear a new King's X album. King's X for me is one of those bands where they're artsy in a way and they're rocking in a way. And usually it's 50% of the album I love and the other stuff is okay. But 50% that I love, I love it a lot. So if the first two tunes that they released didn't strike you, because I'm telling you, brother, they didn't really strike me either. I still am holding out hope that there's going to be a whole lot of stuff on that new album that I am going to love, just like all their other stuff. And Suicidal, they're always working on something, so who knows? They could have a new album coming out anytime, too. You uh, you haven't seen King's X live, have you? Never have. So I would tell you to still go see them live. Um, I've seen seen them at least three times, maybe four. And um, certain songs like Visions, but uh, and I think it was Patrick Breen that posted this. Um, the, there's a song that they do called Goldilocks that has been out for a long time. And it, I kind of view this as the the classic power ballad that should have been a giant hit that never was, but it connects to their fans so much that every time you see King's X live, whenever they play Goldilocks, they just keep the guitar real low, and the whole audience sings the song back to the band. And nice. it's truly like a religious experience. Um, yeah, if you've never seen King's X, you owe it to yourself to see them live, even if you're not a fan of the records. See them live and you'll it'll finally click for you because that's how it how it worked for me. Right on. So if they're opening for Pantera with Suicidal, I'm all about that. That's a great bill. Heck yes. So like you said, we don't have any reviews or recommendations. We'd sure like some. And an easy way to do that is to just get on the uh, Facebook, leave us a recommendation, get on Podchaser. You're going to spend some time on that website. You're going to find some cool new shows that you like. By checking out reviews on Podchaser, leave us one, because that's how people find us. And, of course, our favorite Apple Podcast reviews. Because you think about some of the amazing reviews that people have left us, that's what other people are out there looking at when they're trying to find their favorite rock and roll show or somebody that talks about the kind of music that they love. They're going to see your review, and you're going to lead them right in here to the party. And then they're going to follow us on Facebook. They're going to get involved on the conversation at the facebook group and it's all good and we love it a lot so if you got the time and you want to get on the show hear your name hear your review leave us five stars you know we're going to read it and we want you to do it please do it for us so of course the people that never ever let us down the ones that know when we have a new episode come out we like to put it on facebook we like to put it on twitter they know that if you go on and find that post and you share it or if you retweet it on the Twitter, the list gets put together of all the people that have done that. They're telling their friends about what we're doing here on Decibel Geek. And by doing that, mm, it's a beautiful thing. They become honorary Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week include Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Bill Elam, Mark Alton Taylor, Free From Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Mike Parnell, Darren Parkin, Brent Tibbetts, Monmouth Wood Design, Pantheon Podcast, Jason Warden, Sit and Spin with Joe, Simon Cat, Aaron Baker, John Phillips, William Douglas, Chris Dunay, Shay Hargett, Jeffrey Mendenhall, David Glenn, Kristen Schimbeck, David Cathy, Rob Webb, Keith Rockford, Eladio, Ernesto Aguiar, Vet Halen, Sean Cullen, J.J. McElhenney, Joel Hoffman, Doug Fox, Jeff Taylor, It's Always Miller Time, Scott Earl, Alan Deshaun, The Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Not wordy nice. at all. Nice. <laughs> Focus on Metal Podcast, The Central Scrutinizer. I love that name, The Central Scrutinizer. Lil Willie A to Z, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Scott Crouch, and as always, The Mooger Fooger. Fooger. 
That's right. Those are our people, our geeks of the week. They find the episodes, they share it, they retweet it. They get to hear their names on the opening of every episode. That could be you. It could just so easily. That could be you. All you got to do is the same thing that those awesome folks did. Of course, you heard it in there. We are brought to you by Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon is this group of amazing music podcasts. You take all the amazing, the best, the most kick-ass music podcasts of all genres, talking about certain bands, talking about certain types of music, and you take all the best ones, you put them in one place, and that place is Pantheon. Check out Pantheon Podcasts. You're going to find your new favorites on there. Do you love Weezer? There's a Weezer podcast. No joke. They break it down. They find the best. They put them all in one place. They keep this show coming to you for free, so show them some love. Give them a like on the Facebook. Give them a follow, and let them know that you appreciate that Pantheon Podcast brings you the Decibel Geek Podcast twice a week now. You got to love that. You ready to walk on, homeboy? Step aside for the Cowboys from Hell. All right, well, we've been having so much fun lately doing the best of and the worst of. We did Poison. Uh, Last time we got together, we did Iron Maiden, which, man, not easy. Not easy to do. And so we thought, you know... Well, how could be? How could we do it more difficult? You know, well, how could we make it harder on ourselves? Let's try to pick the best and the worst from each Pantera studio album. Not talking about Glam Terra, talking about Pantera from Cowboys on. We just didn't get enough. You know, last time we did this, we had seven different albums to go through with Iron Maiden. This time, we're shortening it up quite a bit. But man, the quality of what we're going to be talking about today is just unparalleled. One of my all-time favorite bands, a band that, you know, still to this day, I think, you know, man, if we could have just had one more, just one more album from Pantera, you know, the the classic lineup, how amazing that would be. But we got what we got. It's going to be hard to pick the best because it's all so damn good. It's going to be hard to pick the worst because there really isn't too much to choose from when we're talking about the worst. I've got Chris Sinzak with me. We needed a couple of dudes to come hang out with us that love Pantera just as much as we do. Maybe even a little bit more. We'll find out as we go through this. But a couple of our great friends, man, a couple of guys we love and respect a lot. Josh Toomey and Chris Aiken. You guys ready to talk some Pantera? Always. (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. We're always ready to talk some Pantera. Of course. Yeah, so, you know, these best and worst episodes have really gotten a lot of good feedback. So, you know, and and Toomey hit me up with uh, a text a couple of weeks ago just saying, why don't we do it with us? Do a Pantera one. And uh, it, it is topical, so let's just do it now. Sure. I mean, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, you get, listen to Talk to me if you want to hear, like, their full explanation on their thoughts on the reunion. But uh, Aaron said it would be great to get one more album by them. Right, would, would we want another album with the updated lineup of Pantera or no? I personally would vote no. I'm a no. I'm a no. no. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a no on that also. I didn't even like damage plan, so I don't know. I, I think they kind of did what they were supposed to do, and that's about it. I, even if they would have re reunited the steel, you know, in 2006, if everything hadn't gone to shit, I honestly don't think it would have been as good. I think that the ship had kind of sailed by reinventing the steel. So we got five great records. I'm I'm going to be happy with that. At least we didn't have to sit through. Can you imagine if we were like 
like you do with Metallica where you have like five good ones and then you start really picking and choosing. Oh, well, maybe there's two good songs here and three here. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good to have 50 good Pantera songs and that's about it. That's perfect. Yeah, much like yeah. Iron Maiden, one of the more consistent bands of of their era, and sure. uh, incredibly influential. Now, as Aaron said, we're not going to go through the glam Terra stuff. I mean, that's a different episode. We, I don't really want to waste time on that. But uh, not that I don't love some of that stuff. Some of it's really good. But um, I think it's cool to uh, just start with Cowboys from Hell that came out in 1990, um, released July 24th, produced by Terry Date. I didn't get that from Wikipedia, Baco. Uh, but anyway, um, he just knew it off top of his head. I just off the top of my head, I knew the release date. Um, but yeah, so uh, but just some stuff about this record. I'll start. Um, I don't think there's a single bad song on this record. I mean, even the one that they left out, "The Will to Survive," is a great song and and seems kind of like a bridge from glam Terra to Pantera because it's you've got little elements of stuff that wound up in this love and. Uh, I think, uh, I, and you know, and also, but it's got a mix, almost kind of an Iron Maiden, Queensryche feel to it. Even that's a great song. Um, one thing I do love about this album is that the overdubs are kind of kept to a minimum with Dime solos standing on their own uh, without any rhythm track backing him. He easily could have done that, but he didn't. The only other lead player that kind of pulled that off as well as he does on this, I think, was Eddie Van Halen, which, of course, was one of Dime's biggest influences. Sure. Um for my favorites, uh, obviously the title track, Heresy, Primal Concrete Sledge, Shattered. Uh, but my favorite to this day is Domination. I think... Uh, that song is pure aggression. The lyrics are cool. And then, of course, the tempo change at the end with the off-tempo bass booms that come in just make the song sound massive. To pick a worst one? Jesus. Uh, there is no worst one on this, but I guess I would go with Medicine Man as it's a little bit hokey lyrically, but still a great song. I never skip it. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough right off the bat. I mean, this is the album that got me into Pantera. I'll always remember my friend, Eddie Dinges. He was a few years older than me, you know, and he was always on the cutting edge of stuff. And it never failed. When he came around and said, hey, have you heard of this band? It was always something worth checking out. Like, I learned about so many great new bands around this time from that guy. And he come around with Pantera one time, and he's like, oh, dude, Pantera. And I was like, what? You know, and he's like, I, you just got to hear it. You got to hear it. I think we went out to his car and he put it in and played it. And I was just like, holy shit. You know, I've never heard <laughs> nothing like this before. It's it's thrash, but it's got elements like Anselmo singing like Rob Helford in spots on this album, you know? And I was just like, what a perfect blend to me between like where Slayer and Metallica early stuff and Megadeth and bands like that would meet you know, bands like Skid Row and bands like that, that I liked. It was like the perfect blend of two things that I loved separately come together. And this album blew my freaking little mind back then. <laughs> and still to this day, it still does, man. I, I pulled out all these CDs and I got them all, you know, it's funny. I look at them. I'm like, man, I had this one since it came out brand new and somehow all these years, you know how it goes with your music collection. You lose shit here and there over the years. I got some of these same Pantera CDs that I got when I bought them brand new. 
and they survived and are still with me. So I've been jamming on these all week long. Worst? I don't fucking know, man. Uh, it's hard to say. I guess, yeah, maybe Medicine Man. But I love that one, too. There's not a song on this album that I skip. Every single song on this album is on my iPod. I just heard the song Chris was talking about for the first time today, the demo. Amazing. Mm. Love that, too. Why ain't that on here? Make it 13 <laughs> tracks. What the hell, you know? <laughs> Man, I love all these songs. I mean, it's hard to disagree with Chris with Domination. It's just such an in-your-face metal rocking song. You know, man, kick somebody's head in listening to it. I've always been a fan of Psycho Holiday. Mm. I think Psycho Holiday is my favorite song on the album. Good lead to um, whatchamacallit, Anselmo's vocal on that song is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. What, what did you go with on your worst on that one? I don't know. It's <laughs> trying to get trying to get around it, Camaro. <laughs> I thought if I pause long enough, you guys would just move on. I wouldn't have to pick mm-hmm. one. I don't know. Uh, clash with reality, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to pick. I love them all. This was the album that when you when I had it, I had it on cassette and side A was super heavy. You know, all of the the heavier stuff. Side B was still kind of the the bridge back to the Glam Terra era. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly growing up didn't listen to side B as much. Um, when it goes down to it, though, man, domination has got to be my favorite, my best of on this one. I mean, just that Russia footage alone just makes the you know, has, has built the legend of this of this song. Uh, the breakdown is just insane. And um, I'm actually agreeing with Camaro on the uh, clash with the reality is probably my worst of on this one. But again, the older I get, the more I like side B, as I call it, on the uh, on Cowboys from Hell. But yeah, clash with reality was probably my my least favorite. Medicine Man was was going to be my pick, but I, uh, I, I chose differently today. And uh, just the vocals on Clash with Reality are a little bit weird. And I don't think Phil really ever did that again, whatever he's doing vocally on that track. Well, it looks like I'm going to have two songs that nobody named at all. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I I was living, I was stationed in the military at Fort Ord in California when before this came out and when it came out. And I used to go on Saturdays to up to San Francisco to either the Omni or the Stone. One was in Oakland and one was in San Francisco. And you would just go and you would just see whoever the fuck was playing. You just didn't know, you know, because uh, I was far enough away and that's before the internet or anything. So I didn't know who was playing there. And it wasn't like there was a concert listing or something I could see. I just knew the shows were five bucks and you'd go up there a lot of times and there'd be like rock stars there. So I would go, you know, just kind of blindly. And I remember I went and saw Pantera one night and they were nobody. It was before Cowboys came out. And they were playing PST 88 and, you know, all that, all that power metal type stuff. And then near the end of the set, they just were like, this is something from our new album that's coming out in three months or six months or whatever it was. And it was like, it started off kind of slow, but then it just ripped like nothing they had played to that point. And the song was The Art of Shredding. Now it's all for the fighting, it's us. This way I'm a sick man, yeah. We were way up 
to this day is my favorite on that album. I mean, that song is just ridiculous, especially when, when they move past that slow beginning to the, the riff that Dimebag just rips it open with. It's just like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, I, I, that is by far, far and away my favorite on an album full of, full of really good songs. You know, I, I love that, that tune especially. And as far as the worst, I never liked the sleep. I just always kind of was like, eh, you know, not that great of a tune. I will say, though, for the sleep, if you ever go back and listen to the remasters, it's probably the one song on that that came out the best with the remaster. Because it, it's really in the in the original version, in the CD, and I'm like you, Aaron, I still have my original CD. The original is kind of flat. The production is very flat, which Dimebag figured it out by Vulgar Display of Power, and their production was so much bigger when they did the remaster of, of Cowboys, they really brought a lot of that up to the front and especially dimes guitars and the sleep benefited the best from it. But still it's the one that I de- generally, when I'm listening to the album, it's generally the one that I skip. So artist shredding best, the sleep, the worst and, and saying the worst, that just feels, you know, <laughs> there, right. there's nothing, there's, nothing right. there, there's less good than the others, I think, but there's right. definitely nothing that's bad on any of these records. So, well, and, yeah. and the sleep, I mean, the fucking guitar solo on that song, Jesus Christ. I yeah. mean, it, it's like the ultimate eighties guitar hero solo that he pulls out on that one. Yeah, I love that song. That's one of my favorites on the record. But <laughs> I, I think one thing on this entire journey going through all the Pantera tracks, it's even if the intro, I'm like, eh, verse, I'm like, eh, they can write a chorus. Like yeah. every uh-huh. single Pantera chorus just hits you, like no matter what. So every every album, I'm, I was like, all right, well, maybe this is my least favorite. And then the chorus would hit, I'm like, fuck. Right. Yep. I was yeah. doing the same thing. <laughs> well, and that that's a good thing you bring up because especially with thrash metal, and there's a lot of thrash metal bands I like, but one thing that separated Pantera was I think it was the influence of the arena rock stuff that they grew up on. Yeah. So they would get the thrashy stuff on the verses and stuff, but they always knew how to write a good hook. Mm-hmm. So like they were more hook filled than a lot of the thrash metal bands that, that, that were their peers. And I think that also kind of made them, take them to a different level a new level a new level which we'll get <laughs> to uh, and power <laughs> yeah so let's get to vulgar display of power comes out february 25th 1992 um well I, you know hats off to terry date of course for the production on a lot of these records um great interview by Toomey on with that that guy also uh but yeah terry date uh became a very in-demand guy around this time but i i love what he did with this band but um, I remember for, for this one, I remember seeing the video for Walk on Headbangers Ball and not really thinking a whole lot about it. Uh, 
not being that blown away by it. Um, but once I, I heard the opening notes to mouth for war at a friend's house, he had bought the record and I rushed out that day and bought it. And, uh, like the opening riffs for a new level, it, it sounds like the soundtrack to a Godzilla movie. <laughs> so it's like, it's just so yeah. monstrous sounding. And, uh, there's not a single bad track on this record. I, and also the sequencing, I'll give Terry Day credit for that. The sequencing on their records, especially this one are, are just perfect. I, I love the flow of all their records because we're four old guys that still give a shit about the sequencing of records. Sure. Like, unlike a lot of people, um, as much as I might give the nod to Cowboys from hell for being my favorite of, of all the records, um, I'll still say this is kind of the quintessential sweet spot for Pantera's. This is, I think their sound was launched for the most part on this record and it launched thousands of bands and dime influenced even more guitar players because of this record. Um, it's just a landmark. Uh, favorites for me, Mouth for War, Rise by Demons Be Driven. But my favorite is A New Level. I just think it's like the ultimate metal song. Um, just incredible. Worst for me is definitely Walk. I think Walk, I don't think it sucks, but I think it's one of the most overrated songs in their catalog, and it's just so overly simplistic that I just, it's never done much for me. I don't know why they picked that as the single. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'll dive in here. I'm sorry, Aaron, but I mean, I'm going to agree with Sinzak on both of those. Those were my best and worst. The new level, I, I saw Pantera so many times, and I feel like half the time I saw them, they open with a new level. Just that curtain dropping, the you know, the 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 squealing of the guitar, the snare hit, all of it, man. Just just that riff alone is just probably one of my favorite riffs of all time. Just mm-hmm. so just monstrous and grooving. And then yeah, walk is like, I I I was trying to go for a different track, and you know, Aiken and I talked about this the other day, but. I think walk at the end of the day, man, it's just so it's, it's a, it's overplayed. It's, it's just like, it's boring. It's, it's so simplistic, but I mean, I get the, why it's a single too, because you know, when I went to see Metallica uh, a couple of years ago, Jim Brewer was out there doing the, um, he was being DJ or whatever before the show. And he was playing snippets of songs. And one of the biggest pops of the night was when they went into walk. So, you know, people love that track, man. But yeah, of of vulgar display of power, I could probably do without probably ever hearing walk again, except for the upcoming live shows that I will be attending. (laughs) You want to hear it there? Yeah, same here. (laughs) Nice. Oh man, it's another tough one. Again, I in one way or another, I love every single song on this album. You know, when it came down to it, like I said, I've been listening to these all week long. I never really wrote down what I thought was the best or the worst because I really could never truly decide. I thought, well. I'm just going to have to wait until the moment comes and make that decision. <laughs> what you guys say make, makes a lot of sense about walk. I mean, walk is their rock and roll all night. Just like we talked about last week with Iron Maiden run to the Hills. It's it. That's their most known song. That's the one everybody knows the most. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I remember being excited about it, seeing it the first time, same thing, headbangers ball and just being excited. And, you know, man, talk about kicking off an album. 
one, two, three shots right off the bat. So heavy, so cool. This got to be my favorite Pantera album and one of my favorite albums of all time. It's almost impossible to pick a best and a worst. I guess for worse, I'm going to agree with you guys and go with Walk, I suppose. But as far as best, man, it's really difficult. There's a lot of songs on here I love. Regular People, No Good Even, is a cool, it's different, but it's cool. I like that one a lot. This Love, man, that song, there's something cool, magical about that song. How it's half ballad, (laughs) half metal, and finds some sort of magical way to interweave itself. And by Pantera standards, that's about as ballad as you're going to get. Right. You know, and you say, well, Chris, for once, I'm going to pick the ballad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually going to go with this love. Not a bad one. Well, it's it's unanimous. Walk is the worst because I too have walk as the <laughs> as the worst. I, I I don't care if I ever hear that song, even if they don't play it at the reunions that I too will be at. Uh, you know, I I could care less if I ever hear that song again. I'm sick of it. I didn't love it when it came out. It's definitely my skip on Fulger. Mm. Definitely is. As far as best, um, I'm gonna go with one that Aaron um, referenced. Because it is the first one I play, even today, every time I go to this album. That's Regular People. Yeah. I just love that tune. And, and, you know, it's it's not the heaviest Pantera song. It's definitely not the heaviest on this album. But it's just got that Pantera thickness that just carries straight through. And that that filled with the menacing, don't fuck with this. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so, like, mean. You know, it's it's like you, the next the next movement you see is that guy getting punched in the face on the cover right after he says that. You yeah. can literally picture it with regular people. So I'm going regular people best, walk worst. And again, worst meaning not the best song on the record, but certainly not terrible. <laughs> You're worried about Pantera fans showing up with pitchforks after we're done with this. Well, I'm friendly with the I'm friendly with the guys. I'm more worried about I'm more worried about Philip going, hey, what were you saying about my songs? <laughs> and I'm a huge Decibel Geek fan. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah sure. geek, geeks of the week this week, uh, Phil Anselmo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would so love to say that, but yeah. You know, 
I, I would kick the Mooger Fuger out of the group if we could get that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You know, and something else I want to say about this album, and Chris, you hit on it as you introduced us in on this one. The production is mm-hmm. just stellar man mm-hmm. there's few albums that are layered as perfectly as this album is when you talk about where the drums sit where the bass sits where the guitars soar where the vocals are up front where they need to be and dialed back when they when they're supposed to be just perfect all the way through and man this week like i said listening to these albums one thing that really really stood out to me and this album it's all of them it's all of them but this <laughs> album especially to me stands out you know dimebag is a guitar legend he's a hero like you said to millions around the world i think that kind of puts vinny in a shadow a little bit just because you know it's hard to stand next to dime when he's so revered but man listen to the drums on this album and like i said all of them and the production on the drums are especially, especially good where they pop and they chug and they do everything you could ever ask from a drummer to do. And he does such unique stuff. You know, the fills he throws in are sometimes in places where you wouldn't even expect a fill to be. Yeah. But he somehow squeezes it in there and it's amazing. It's mind blowing. So if you ever get a chance to listen to these albums and really pay attention to what Vinny's doing on the kit it's going to blow your mind. And if you really want to get into it, then this is, that's when Vinny found his drum sound overall, because if you, I I mean, I saw that tour shit 10 times easily. And the, the sound that he captured on the records is if you just make it louder is the same sound that he was doing live when you heard it live and you can go back and even watch the videos from that era. Now, when you hear his drum sound, it just had that certain pop to it that that Cowboys did not have. And it kind of carried through with far with far beyond driven before they decided to be just a straight up maniacal death metal band later, which (laughs) I was all for by the way, but you know, but, but yeah, that, Vinny, Vinny on on this album and then on Far Beyond Driven, definitely his finest hours as a drummer. Yeah, yeah. And I and I I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir with you guys, but I and I've mentioned it on the show before. But there, you know, the magic of YouTube is sometimes you can find some really incredible performances, and I've shared it before. But there's video of them right before this record came out of them playing at a place called the Palladium in Hollywood back mm-hmm. in the early '90s. That might be the greatest live performance I've ever seen it because it, it, they use soundboard audio and they've got the video and just the pure aggression and energy and tightness of their playing. It's just, they were untouchable back in those days. I mean, mm-hmm. like nobody could fucking hold their jock strap at that point in time. They were, they, they probably were the greatest live band in the world during those years. And that, that video, if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch it because it'll blow your mind. Right, right at that time was also when Metallica started to step back from being so dominant live. You know, when they when they started with the Black Album and they started slowing things down a little bit, you know, they lost some of that ferocity that they had. And Pantera was right there to take it. You know, I mean, they they literally there was no like even break. It was like Metallica slowed down exactly when Pantera hit their stride and. And that's that's one of the reasons that Pantera became kind of the dominant metal band for the 90s oh, yeah. was because they they were at the top of their game exactly when Metallica started to taper off a little bit. 
Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I bet you a lot of the fans of Metallica that love the heavy stuff that were starting to get a little offended by what Metallica was offering up to them. It's easy to jump right on in with Pantera. Then if that's what you love is the heavy metal. Perfect timing. Metallica, you're doing well. Never mind. I'll go. Yeah, right here. This sounds good. I think I'm like the perfect example of that because I was, you know, 11 and 91 when Black Album comes out, blows my mind. And then I, I I discover Pantera on the Far Beyond Driven album because of Headbangers Ball, like the week before the album came out, did a whole special with Rick Rackman and they're going to the Texas Stadium and all that stuff. And it just looked like a fun time. And I was into, you know, I'm Broken and all that stuff. Go out, buy the record. And then by the time the next Metallica album comes out, Load comes out, I'm deep into Pantera and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I know for me, the greatest show I ever saw in my life was um, Day on the Green, 91. Metallica, Soundgarden, Pant- uh, Metallica, Soundgarden, Queensryche, and Faith No More. Wow. All on like their best albums, really. And But Metallica was just insane. Two and a half hours, nonstop, almost all heavy stuff. Even the new stuff that they played was the heavier. Through the Never stuff and the God That Failed and stuff like that. Really heavy. Same time that Pantera was finishing up with Cowboys and getting ready to come back with Vulgar. The next time I saw Metallica was after Vulgar had come out. And right in the middle of the set, they played an acoustic set. They played like the acoustic, <laughs> the acoustic stuff from Kill 'em All or something. And I was like, fuck this. I'm done. You know, it was, and I wasn't done. I still saw Metallica another 15 more times, but you know, I, I wanted to be done, but I certainly, I never missed a Pantera show ever in any city that I ever lived in because they were just the dominant band. And, and right at that time, they just took that mantle for me as a metal guy. I was just like, all right, I'll go to the next band. That's just brutal, but good, right. you know? So yeah, I, I'm with you guys, man. That, they were they were the shit right at that time. That's for sure. So then we moved to 1994, March 22nd. Far Beyond Driven comes out, also produced by Terry Date. Um, I remember standing in line at Sam Goody in Bellevue Mall. I know Toomey remembers that place to uh, to buy this on. Huh? I was gonna say I bought this at Sam Goody in Rivergate. So yeah, I go. bought it at Sam Goody on release day at Bellevue Mall, and I remember there was a long my, my line. Release- Mine was release day, Camelot Music in Wausau, Wisconsin. I was there waiting for the gates to come up just like you guys. Yeah, there was probably about 30 people in line to get it when I I bought it. And uh, I do remember being surprised at how heavy it was because it was, you know, just like we do with podcasts now back then, you and your buddies would, you know, try to predict what the next record from your favorite bands was going to sound like. And I remember uh, my group of friends were always like, well, you know, they're more popular now, so they're probably going to lighten their sound and they're going to try to, you know, appeal to the mainstream audience. Fuck that. They went the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's not I don't think this is a perfect album. I do think it has a few clunkers, but overall, it's still a really fun listen. And uh, but th- some of it does get a little dirgy and I kind of miss the energy of the first two records compared to this one. But I mean, obviously, it was a humongous success. I think it debuted at number one and favorites for me uh the first four tracks all just bangers in a row as well as slaughtered and uh planet caravan i love their cover of planet caravan especially the video for it i remember mtv played that a lot um if i have to go with a favorite though i'm gonna pick shedding skin i think that song's aged well i think it's kind of an underrated song in their catalog so I'm 
uh, for least favorite, uh, that one was an easy pick. Good friends and a bottle of pills. I mean, that's a that's a filler track, and it's funny, but it's not really a song. Although I remember always looking at my friends, and it, it was just a a typical callback for our friends. You get drunk one night, and just look over at your friend, I fucked your girlfriend last night. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it, was, it was just a callback all the time with our friends. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is the first one that's actually easy to pick the worst. And yeah, 100%, it is good friends and a bottle of pills. Like you said, when you're young and you're listening to it, you think it's funny and you think it's cool. And you get a little older and be like, I've been to parties like that, you know. And then when you're looking at it song for song on here, it's it's silly. And it's still fun to listen to. I mean, it's not bad. I fucked your girlfriend last night while you snorted gruel. I fucked your love. She called me daddy. Picking the best on this one is hard. Really hard because, yeah, Chris, you nailed it. One, two, three, right off the top. I'm Broken is amazing. One of my favorite songs by them. But, yeah, Shedding Skin, fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Great song. Love it. I love everything about it. It's the way it's sung, the way the guitars are. Even Rex, you know, nobody ever wants to talk about Rex. What a great bass player. <laughs> Listen to some of the stuff he's doing on bass on this album. Yeah, I mean, he can. Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, shit. No, I do not like Rex at all. <laughs> no? I've, I've heard yeah. the rants. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Rex do not necessarily like each other at all, but whatever. <laughs> this is a Pantera, Pantera celebration episode. That's right. So I won't, yeah, I won't let's not be negative. In- I won't bring in my my shitty stories about what a cunt he can be. <laughs> I got to get you back on to share the Brett Michael story, but that's another. Oh, time. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess since I'm talking, I'll go here. Um, I actually had this of the five albums. This is the only one that I had a little bit of trouble picking a best and a worst. I went with Good Friends Bottle Pills as worst yeah. because it is a shit track. <laughs> but right there next to it is hard lines and sunken cheeks, which is also kind of a crappy. Just, yeah. It just sounds like it's pieces that they just sort of threw together. Like the, the slow parts almost sound like extra stuff from good friends and a bottle of pills in a way. And then the, the fast parts just kind of don't make a lot of sense, at least to my ears, you know, I mean, it's okay. It's listenable, I guess, but it, I, I, those two don't even make my phone, you know, they're, <laughs> they're not even on my phone. And as far as best, I go late in the round. I love, like you, like you said, Chris, I, I love the first four, just amazing, but I go deep into the album before I find my bests. And again, there was two tracks and they're back to back. I, I went with Use My Third Arm, which I just love that tune and, and that riff and everything about that song is awesome. then i like throws a rejection right there with it you know those those are two fantastic tracks as well so i went with use my third arm as best and good friends as worst but i think i could switch out on either one of them and i wouldn't feel bad (laughs) 
Well, this one, man, and you know, you guys all talked about, you know, kind of where you came into Pantera and, and, you know, this was my entry into Pantera was, you know, far beyond driven. First time I saw him live, Sinzak was at that show actually. Uh, You know, first time I saw him live was, was with uh, prong. Sepultura was supposed to be there. Sepultura cancels. Um, Just, just getting the album, just going to the shows, met Dimebag, you know, met, met the whole band, you know, probably, well, if the album came out what March, I think I met him in August. So I mean, I was I was like fan in there getting it all, getting getting everything together. And but my favorite track, easily becoming. I just I, I, that's probably my favorite overall Pantera song of all time. This was the one album I didn't even have to go back and listen to to figure out my best and worst. But becoming man, I just absolutely love that riff, the the drums. Every time you sh- you know see Vinny's just isolated drum patterns he's doing with his feet, it's absolutely insane. And just uh, just yeah, becoming. And then obviously, good friends on the bottle of pills. Is, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Baco did this. Uh, I guess he ranked all the Kiss songs one time. You know, and and worst to last. And I was like, you know what? I should probably do that for Pantera. That'd probably be a fun exercise. And good friends in a bottle of pills would easily be the final track of, last. of all Pantera <laughs> tracks. So this album has my number one and my number whatever, you know, 101 on it. So I remember my buddy Tommy had the CD with the original cover on it with nice. the butt and the yeah. drill. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I bought that as an import along the way somewhere. Yeah, I used to try to buy that off him all the time. He would never sell it to me. What a crazy ass thing to have on your album covers. No wonder somebody said you, you can't shouldn't probably do that. <laughs> I'd love to be the guy at the record company. It's just like, guys, I just don't think that's gonna be the one. <laughs> it, it's no smell the glove. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then Pantera comes back nineteen ninety-six with the Great Southern Trend Kill released May seventh. Uh I did see them live with White Zombie a few months before this came out. Josh, you were at that show, weren't you? Yep. And um, the week of the release date, I remember I was rehearsing with my band at the time, and uh, we rehearsed in this the guitar other guitar player's basement, and our friend, who basically was our weed dealer, drove down the driveway with 13, 13 steps to nowhere blasting out of his speakers. And we were so blown away by it, and we're like, holy shit, the Pantera record's out. We proceeded to stop practicing and smoked weed in his car for hours on end. And the day was a waste, but damn, we had a good time. Um, 
This album, uh, you know, it, it's one of this features one of my favorite quotable lyrics. Fuck this world for all it's worth. Every inch of planet Earth from nice. Warner. I think that's one of the greatest lyrics ever written. Sure. Uh, Far Beyond Driven it gets most of the love, but I honestly like this album better than that one. Uh, it's definitely moodier. It's also tinged with a little bit of the Southern rock influence that the guys mm-hmm. grew up with. Favorites for me on this one, uh, War Nerve, the title track, Underground in America, Drag the Waters, but 13 Steps to Nowhere is just my favorite song on this record. Um, Vinnie Paul just crushes it on this song. So and, uh, God, it's hard to pick a worst on the. I mean, there's a few songs on this one that I'm not crazy about, but let me think on this one. I, I, this is one that I've had <laughs> up for debate for a little while. I'll come back to you. Uh-oh. got to go back to Sinzak on this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> you have to come back to me on this one. You know, the, the great Southern trend kill is, uh, was, was a 96. So I'm 16 at the time I drove to media play in Rivergate after school. Um, this is the first time I, you know, I can really remember driving on my own to go get a, go get an album on release day on once again on cassette, took it out to the car, just, just immediately was blown away by it. I think Aiken and I have talked about this album many times in the past. This is my favorite Pantera record, you know, above, above all of them. Um, you know, so so once again, hard to uh, it's hard to pick a track. Uh, this is this is the direction of the band that I really enjoyed. Man, they were super heavy, super. You know, they just they they got heavier. Like no band does that. No band <laughs> starts one way and just continues to get heavier on each record. And I do think this is the pinnacle of the band. Uh, favorite track, uh, Great Southern Trend Kill. Just what a what an in- insane way to open a record. Um, just, just all of the, uh, you know, kind of digs and MTV and everything else was, was great at the time. I mean, cause that was the, that was the peak of like Verve Pipe or something, you know, like those Dishwalla and all those bands yeah. were just like, you know, just on, from MTV to on the floor and all that crap. <laughs> Um, but yeah, close second is 13 steps. I, I absolutely love the riff, love the drums, love everything about that track and just so many good stuff on there. Uh, hard to pick a, hard to pick a worst on this one, but I had to go with tens. I didn't, I didn't care for the, the, the vocals on that one. And I think I might say something sacrilege here too. Honestly, I could probably throw floods in there. I don't care for floods. If I'm going with all of the, you know, all of the record the you know, obviously has an iconic guitar solo in it. But as a as a complete song, floods is actually uh, could could have easily been my worst. I bet I'm gonna go with tens. That's the two that I'm I'm basically torn between picking for my worst. Yeah. I guess I would go with tens, but I don't really like either of them. Yeah, I mean, this is another one, too. The great songs on it are really freaking great. You guys listed them already. I mean, the the kickoff track on the album is just a, mm, it's a rocker, man. I love it. The one that always stood out the best to me, I don't know. I think it's just the riff, the hook, and I love it so much. Man, there's a lot of good ones on here. But Living Through Me, Hell's Wrath, I think, has just got that awesome groove to it. 
it kind of chugs. You got to bob your head when you're listening to it. I mean, it's a headbanging thrasher that I love. It's just got a groove to it that I like. <laughs> Worst, I think I'm going to go with Floods. I mean, there's some awesome spots in Floods, but it's such a long song that it just kind of drags out after a while. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Floods for the worst, even though, like I said, not a terrible song. I don't hate it. But as far as we're looking at the worst song on the album, I guess <laughs> I got to pick one. Like to me, this is my favorite album by Pantera mm. by a lot. I, I mean, by if I could keep one and had to get rid of the other four, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even hurt me to get rid of the other four to wow. keep this one. That's how much I love this album. I have played it to death. I am a you can't make it heavy enough. And when they brought in Seth Putnam from Anal Cunt to do the screams with them, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah!" And I I don't know if you guys can remember this, but Anal Cunt put out a record right before it that had like 40 tracks or 40 mm -hmm. of these 30 second tracks and 24 of them had Anselmo on them. So <laughs> it was, it was almost like they traded off to, to do the two albums kind of together. Um, one of my all time great, I've had several great moments with Pantera, but one of my all time favorites ever was I got to intro them at Blossom music center in front of 18,000 people Hell and yeah. 18,000 raging lunatics for Pantera. <laughs> and I, I walked out on stage and I try at first I started doing the shit that they want you to do as the radio guy. They're like, Hey, I'm Chris from WMMS. How's everybody doing? And everybody's like, fuck you. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, nobody, want, nobody wants to see me. And they're like booing me and shit. And I immediately was like, who's ready for some poison tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 18,000 people just ready to murder me. And next thing I know, I'm getting pelted with ice and batteries and shit. It was, I mean, it was like immediate. And, wow. and, but I, but then I started with, started naming some Pantera songs and everybody got a little louder, a little louder, a little louder. And then I was like, all right, who's fucking ready for Pantera? And the crowd just goes crazy. I was like, here they are. It's fucking Pantera. And I walk off and they kicked off um, the, they had the big curtain and mm -hmm. they, uh, they were, they started playing like right as soon as I said it, they started playing suicide note one. Yeah. And so I, I get off the stage and standing right there was, was dime and Phil and dime just looked at me and smiled and Philip just, he grabbed me by the head and he's like, that was a hell of a thing you just did there, son. Hell of a thing. And it was just, it was just like my favorite moment of all time was, you know, that I got out in front of 18,000 and got them all riled up. And then obviously Pantera kicked off with Suicide Note 2. And it was like, wow, you know, <laughs> that energy was ridiculous. So arguably my favorite, one of my, one of my probably two or three favorite rock moments of all time was that moment. And it was on this tour, which definitely makes this album even more special to me. Best and worst. Worst is tens. Not even close. Floods is garbage, too. 
but you know, um, tens is really not good. And I'll go with suicide note too. As, and really I would just go with suicide note in general, because I don't think I've, I've had the album for whatever, 25 years or however old it is. And I don't think I've ever listened to one or the other. I, you know, you listen to both. So it's really, to me, it's one song. So it would be suicide note. I just, it's the one time that you could feel Phillips pain. Yeah. You know, I mean, and as you know, he was all fucked up at, at that time period and you could feel it. You can really feel what he was going through that whole, you know, I'm down, I'm almost ready to kill myself. I'm almost out. And then just that explosion of, you know, emotional chaos that he was going through that became suicide note too. And man, that is impactful as hell. Uh, there's a lot of great ones on there. Sandblasted Skin is great. Um, you know, Underground America is amazing, especially when it comes back after it fades away. Right. You, know, yeah. you know, with that. It's like, wow. You know, it's just just. It's a brilliant album. I again, I I don't like floods and I don't like tens, but but the rest of it is all amazing and amazing. Nobody has mentioned even once "Drag the Waters" as good or bad. That surprises me. Oh no, I love that song. Yeah, that was like the hit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the single. It was the uh, video. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also and, a great podcast. If you want to check out the Drag the Waters, the, uh, the uh, I always hated that podcast. Had a terrible host. <laughs> Is that still wrong? <laughs> no, but I need to bring it back now that Pantera's back. But, yeah, yeah. I say you, you've got a captive audience now. If you bring it back, yeah. just needs a better host. Well, oh, <laughs> I was hoping to get John Drake, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what Ian Wadley does. <laughs> <up to. laughs> I, I do want to. I do want to piggyback off of what he said. What uh, Chris Sins, or Chris Sins, Chris Aiken said there. But the uh, when when I saw Pantera on that tour where they do the Suicide Note Part One with the you know the 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 scrims up and you know they're doing the pentagrams and all the lights off of it and then they just drop and, and go right into Suicide Note Part Two. I mean you know they never did anything just half assed. I mean it was always in your face and it was always just just murdering everybody. Who like who comes out and opens their show with Suicide Note Part Two? Right, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It was heavy as fuck too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I remember that show with, um, I remember when they were playing songs, they were amazing. But then in between songs, Philip decided he wanted to filibuster and like make speeches and shit. Oh, yeah. That got on my nerves really quickly. See, that like, stuff was between me and my friends. That stuff was the most like quotable stuff we ever did. And, you know, we'd always walk around and be like, "Smoke acid," you know, just like, <laughs> just you know, kind of, kind of just saying those philisms. You know, to oh, each yeah, other. I get so. that, but I was just kind of like, "Is this dude fucked up on something?" Because I was like, he was just—he would go on and on, and you could tell the guys in the band are like, "Would you shut the fuck up and let's play mm-hmm. the next song?" <laughs> and he was saying some really heinous shit. I mean, that oh, was yeah, when, that was when he was beating the shit out of Metallica. He was like, "Yeah, glad those pussies are a rock band now because yeah, yeah. they left the door open for us to be the kings of metal." It's like, dude, stop with the manowarisms. <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> you know that he was doing that. He was doing the white power shit. You know, there's nothing wrong with white power. It's like, dude, ease up, pal. Play what your songs. also. I also remember that because like we showed up, it was a day of decision to go with me and some friends from college. And then we showed up there and we were going to get grass seats at Starwood. 
and they had the grass closed off. Do you remember mm -hmm. that, Josh? And yeah. it was like, what the fuck? Well, they were like, well, you can just buy a, a seat and then go into the grass. And then, but they had it shut off, I guess, probably from low ticket sales. I don't know why, but, and then they weren't letting anyone mosh or do anything. Like I had a, I saw a friend from high school that was just dancing in the aisle and they kicked <laughs> him out. And I guess, it oh was, no. I think this was on the heels of the Woodstock stuff with the riots and stuff. Oh, nice. uh, so I think they were like being over, you know, precaution, you know, over cautious about it. No but, dancing at Pantera. Yeah. It was the weirdest. <laughs> thing. It was like, it's so weird. You were just, you know, locked up with energy wanting to do something, but, uh, but though no, they were great live though. It was still a fun show. So um, can we talk about official live 101 proof for just a minute? Yes. I, know it's, it's, I love the studio tracks off there. Two of them, both of them. Two of my where you come from is one of my favorite Pantera songs. And oh, I was goodness. afraid, and we were looking at this. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, man, we're not gonna get to talk about some of these tracks that fall in between and on soundtracks and stuff. I can't hide and where where you come from are two of my all-time favorite Pantera songs. <laughs> No, I and they're great songs, but like this, I mean, in this album for me, <clears throat> I remember buying this one on release day too, and it was the soundtrack to many a fucked up night with friends doing a lot of stuff we shouldn't have been doing. The best for me though on this one is for if I'm going over the live tracks would be I'm broken just because I love the way they splice in the ending of By Demons Be Driven at the end yeah. of it. Nice. So that was that was a big surprise when I when I heard it for the first time and uh. Also, the you know ending the song with the "we'll we'll see you next time." Smoke fucking dope. I used to love that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess worse for me would be the Dom Hollow mashup uh, because Domination might be my favorite Pantera song of all. So only hearing half of it, or not even yeah. half of it, like I only heard like twenty five percent of it, uh, just didn't work. It's a cool mashup, but I was like, ah, play the whole fucking song. But you know, that's my thoughts on that album. We were talking earlier about. Um you know, kind of the kind of B sides and whatnot. And, and I'd asked if piss was allowed to be on, on vulgar display of power because piss might be up there with, yeah. uh, uh, good friends in a bottle of pills is probably one of the worst Pantera songs. That's I hate right. that. It was, I hate that it was put out. I hate that there was a, a somewhat of a video made for it. I hate that it was played on you know, Sirius XM so much. Like they, they, they acted like there was this great unreleased Pantera song, but it was uh it was a track that I'm glad that they never released, but uh yeah that so that so that's my 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 B side and rarity moment that you hated. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hated. <laughs> I'm worse than cat scratch fever. Man, I thought I that was like fun that. on the live album. Yeah. I don't know. Stop it's okay. It. Stop it. Took the soul <laughs> out of it though. Yeah, it just stinks. <laughs> come on. Where you come from is a great Pantera song. Yeah. yeah I do like and, that. and, um, I liked Sam blasted skin on this on, as far as a live track, I thought that was really strong. Um, and if we're just naming, if we're just going to randomly name songs that we don't like that were B sides, I'll go with the badge. I like the I badge. Like the I badge. never liked the badge that much. I always just thought that that was a true throwaway track that that they just somebody bought. 
Somebody said, hey, we can get a Pantera song. Here it is. Well, it's a cover. Yeah, yeah. it's a cover. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it still feels like it's a one-take cover. Right. Oh, yeah, it definitely feels very... It, <laughs> definitely <laughs> the end of this session. We still have, you know, five minutes left on the tape. Let's just do something real quick. Yeah, and that's exactly what they got. So I, I was never a big fan of that. So I'll say Where You Come From is a good one, though. And uh, Sandblasted Skin, if we're going to actually pick a live song. Yeah. I heard something today that I never even knew existed before. And since I've been on such a crazy Pantera kick this last week, which it's been an amazing week just for listening to music and, and going through life with this as my soundtrack, you know, <laughs> I've kicked a lot of ass this week. Thank you, Pantera and the music <laughs> of something cool. I heard today that I never knew about before on the Buffy, the vampire slayer movie soundtrack. Pantera does a song with Rob Helford. It's yeah. like, Light turns light, to dark. Light turns to dark, yeah. I haven't heard that. It's fucking awesome. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, good. <laughs> I'll check that out. I mean, on paper, everything, but I was like, because that's what I did. I looked up uh, Pantera B-sides and rarities, you know, so I thought, I wonder if there's anything out there I've never heard before, you know, demos and stuff like that. And that came up and I was like, I've never heard that before, <laughs> but I mean, it's got to be awesome. And I checked it out. Super cool. And their, uh, their Hole in the Sky is really good too. Yeah. I really yeah. love their, their version of Hole in the Sky. That's a great cover. Yeah. I wish they would have done more Sabbath covers. I would have liked to hear them do more of that stuff. They did something else too. Was it a Sabbath? Another Sabbath cover? Oh, Planet yeah. Caravan. Planet Caravan. No, besides Planet Caravan, did they do Into the Void? Uh, I don't know. There's there's some other Pantera cover in my head that I'm missing. And I can't think of. <laughs> well, you'll think of it when we finish up. I'm sure. Yeah. As soon as we're done, I'll be like, that's what it was. So then we uh, we wrap up with. March 21st, 2000, and the release of Reinventing the Steel, um, not produced by Terry Date, uh, produced by Dime, Vinny, and Sterling Winfield. So much energy on this record. Uh, the, but, and I think the story behind it's really cool, too. I started researching a little bit this week, and I guess the whole band got together at Dime's house, and, and the, the order was to bring each of them bring their five favorite Pantera songs and use those as a template for what they want to get back to doing. And the, and they basically kind of lived together again, and they got to reconnect with each other. And Philip was a little bit cleaner off the drugs, and uh, I think it shows in the results. And like this is one where I, I think I like it better now than I did back then, and I did like it back then. Um, but there's like a lot of great moments on this one. It's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, just for guitar playing and drumming alone, I th I think uh, you've got to belong to it. That, that song, Vinny's just going insane in that song and Dime's riffing, especially the high weedly weedly stuff. <laughs> <in there. laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like, that's so weird and inventive. <laughs> Um, 
it's an awesome song. Other, fa- I love uh, Death Rattle. I love Goddamn Electric. I love All Cast a Shadow. But I mean, I for the favorite, it's been my favorite since the album came out, and that's going to be Revolution is my name. Um, the main, uh, obviously, I don't really like the whole murky intro part of it much, but once it kicks into that main riff, that might be the best riff Pantera ever turned out, in my opinion. It's such a fucking amazing riff. <laughs> For worst, I guess I'm gonna go with it. Makes them disappear. It just uh, it's just never done a whole lot for me. So, but the, like this album's aged a lot better. And I, I want to bring up a joke for Aaron Camaro because like only me and him will probably get this. But does the album, the original album cover for this with the guy jumping through the fire, not remind you of that Crocus album cover with the two guys <laughs> fighting in a forest fire? It looks just like it. <laughs> round thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not Pantera's coolest album cover. That's for no, sure. It's not. No. <laughs> it's no drill going into an ass. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the pinnacle. No, it's an ass coming out of a fire. Right. right. <laughs> Almost did a spit take there. Thanks. Yeah, it's funny. You look at like Pantera posters and T-shirts and stuff, and it always looks so cool. And then this is what you get for an album cover. They could have just had like some kind of skull with rattlesnakes and liquor bottles. And I think that would have been perfect. They could have just had the fire and it would have been better. Right? Yeah. Who is that guy? Does anybody know? They said it was a guy that was at a party at Phil's house, I think is what I read. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. some dude. <laughs> Crazy. And they had to pixelate the Jack Daniels bottle because they didn't want to get sued. Well, he made it onto a Pantera album. Yeah. Got to give it to him <laughs> for that. Best song on here, 100% Chris Sinzak's right. It's Revolution is my name. Worst song on here, 100% Chris Sinzak's right. It makes them disappear. Kind of drags out a little bit, a little bit longer. I mean, the whole thing, though, Hellbound, Goddamn Electric, Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. I mean, yeah, this is this is one, too, that I hadn't really listened to this one in a minute. And so this week when I went back and pulled them all out, it's like, you know, I know all the songs off, you know, Cowboys. I know all the songs off Vulgar. I've listened to these other ones millions of times. But this one I hadn't listened to in a long time, and I think I forgot just how good this album really is there's a lot of really great stuff on here some stuff maybe don't grab you as much as the others but what's great on here is really fucking great and i'm glad that i mean it sucks to say it even but how many times we looked at our favorite bands and go you know man i hope this ain't gonna be their last album man i hope they don't go out on this 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 album sucks you know i hope they come back with something better than this before they hang it up well pantera had no idea this was going to be their last album but it's the last album you can be proud of you know it's something that's a good stamp at the end of the discography that you know is full of amazing albums and this one doesn't suck, you know, and a lot of times that's the way it is with a lot of the best bands, you know, their last mm-hmm. album sucks. You'd look at all their earlier stuff. Oh, that was all great. But yeah, I mean, it sucks that it's the last one. But if you're going to go out, going out with this one isn't so bad. I'll I'll, I'll join the club here on the worst. Uh, it, it makes them disappear. It's just it, it, it literally it's the only song in the pa- Pantera catalog, I would say, is just straight up terrible.
it is a bad song. It's it's. I honestly think it's a super joint tune that Philip brought to the table, and they just dime played something over it, and they were just like, "All right, fuck it, that'll keep Phil happy." So we'll call it a day on that one. I I can't stand that that song. It's boring. It's slow, and the lyrics are dumb. Everything. <laughs> I I hate that song. I really don't like that one. And best. I'm going to go a different direction than everybody has so far. My favorite tune on this record is the tune Uplift. The reason is because it's so different than everything else in the Pantera catalog. I I love that whole furious part where it's just Phil singing over over Vinny's drums. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that riff comes in with that. It's like, holy shit. It's just different. You know, and I, I just remember when I heard it for the first time, you know, you listen to the album, the album's cool, but the album's kind of, all the songs are kind of similar, you know, Hellbound to Revolution to Death Rattle. They're all sort of similar. You get to that where all of a sudden you get just that do, 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 do with the drums and no, and no guitar at all. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, so it's the one I go to all the time. So best for me is Uplift and Worst. Like everybody else, it makes them disappear. <laughs> nice. Uh, Reinventing the Steel is one of those that that I it gets such a bad rap that everybody's like, "Oh, the last album was so bad," and blah blah blah. But like everybody, I think all of us did the same thing. And anyone I've ever talked to about this album is like, once you go back and listen to it again, you're like, actually, it's not that bad. You know, it's pretty good. And then the Terry Date remix that he put out that came out for the 20th anniversary that he came on to the uh, drag the waters podcast to promote is absolutely fan. Like it just takes, it, it was kind of flat a little bit when it first came out, he just livened it all up and made it, made everything sound so good. And, um, you know, revolution, you guys, you guys are right on with just that whole song. And, you know, even when it gets down to the cowbell kind of breakdown, you know, like Vinnie Paul mm-hmm. killing it on the cowbell. I've got my favorite is yesterday. Don't mean shit. <laughs> And I'm actually going to go uh, off the grid a little bit, and I've got my worst of this great album is uh, "You've Got to Belong to It." I don't, I love that it's, song. It's you don't like the, that song? The drums are awesome. The guitar, it, it sounds like a mismatch of a bunch of stuff. It's just like it's it's everybody just doing something fun and crazy and and whatever. But I I think at the end of the day, it's probably my least favorite on the album. Wow. Yeah, I well, love I love that. Nah, yeah, yeah, you're dead right. I'm with Houston, Zach. He's wrong <laughs> okay. on that. I, just I love, me. I love the way that that song goes in all those weird directions, yeah, especially too. when it comes out of the the high high notes from Dimebag mm-hmm. into that. 
into that really crunchy, thick, like detuned riff. That dun, 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 I don't know. I love that. That is, you're just wrong to me. Nah, you're not a Pantera not. fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no take about that shirt. Man. I'm busted. <laughs> oh man. Well, let me, let me put everybody on the spot real quick. Like what, with this upcoming Pantera tour with Zach and Charlie, um, pick one deep cut that you wish, you know, it probably won't happen, but one deep cut you want them to pull out of the bag and play live. I will start and I will say shattered. I'd love to hear that one live. I'd like to hear him do where you come from. I That's think it would be a cool thing to hear. I'm going to use my third arm just because when they did nice. used to play that way, way back in the day, it was, it was an amazing near end, near the end of the set show closer. It was so good. So I'll, I'll go with use my third arm. It's always, the, the term deep cuts always strange to me. It's like, because the, even though they're deep cut to everyone else, it's like, oh, this is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. Um, just looking at it really quick. Why don't we go with, uh, give me the underground in America just because. That'd be pretty cool too. All of those. <laughs> awesome. If only we get to pick the set list, that would be great. Right. <laughs> but instead we'll get becoming and walk. Yeah. And, they'll open yeah. with walk probably. And and here's the, here's the real, if, if you had to say today, if it'll be in the set list cemetery gates. Yeah. <sighs> can Phil sing that anymore? That's the question. I don't yeah. think he can. I was telling I was telling Chris Aiken the other day that I was watching. We 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 went out and had some had some drinks with dinner. Came home and and you know, had a nice little buzz going. And I and I don't know what the wife went off doing, but I was watching some YouTube on the TV. I was watching some old class. It was like old classic Pantera, and then it would mix in with like recent down footage of them live. And mm -hmm. I got really nervous about this upcoming Pantera stuff because <laughs> the down stuff sounds good, but Phil's also like what fifty four now, so it's like. You know, you get you kind of got a little little give and take because of just how the whole time all of us talked about how crushing they were live back in the day, yeah. and now you've got fifty plus year old Pantera on the stage now, and I'm just like I'm, I'm getting a little nervous to see how how well this is going to go over. You're going to have to lower your expectations a little bit, I think, to make it to to truly enjoy it. And I I mean I'm just I'm just excited to hear those songs live again. I'm not yeah. going to expect Phil to bust out the Rob Halford level screen. I mean, even back <laughs> in the day, those were hard for him. So, I mean, I'm not going to expect that much out of him, but I'll definitely be a, a ticket buyer and see them live for sure. Totally. If it's if it sounds better than that recent docking footage we've had, I'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> I purposely didn't bring that up, Chris, because I was like, uh, that I was no uh, that was brutal. That's beyond brutal. That's a that's a podcast all by itself. How yeah. bad that was! Holy that's, smokes! Well, that's classic metal show territory. I'll let you bust Neely's balls on. Oh, that I one. will too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's do plugs real quick before we get out of here. Uh, where can everybody find you guys? Josh, you go first. Talk to me pod .com, dot com. You can always uh, check me out over there. Wherever you find the Decibel Geek podcast, you can find the uh, Talk to Me podcast. So how about that? And for me, there's a million sites. Um, there is chrisaken.net for Chris Aiken Presents. There's the Classic Metal Show for the classicmetalshow.com or vice versa. I guess it goes the other way. Um, CMSPN for all my stuff. I'll just make it easy. CMSPN.com. That's all my shows, including Talk to Me, including Aftershocks, including all my shit. It's all there. So CMSPN.com. Awesome. Right on. And if our listeners aren't familiar with these guys, clearly today you got a good taste. They're both the real deal. To me, was my first podcast friend outside of Chris Sinzak. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. For sure. <laughs> like when I first met Toomey, he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, I like your podcast. I'm doing I'm going to do one, too. And it's like, 
Wow, you actually can get recognized from doing a podcast? Tell me you're my first podcast friend. <laughs> Set the bar low and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> that was at that uh, farm. Was it Farm Rock? Farm Rock. Farm Rock that's yeah, that's where we I'm met. remember where that I remember was. That, I, 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 I think it was like I was looking at my phone, looking at Camaro, looking at my phone. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Aaron Camaro. Nice. <laughs> right, right before the promoter ran off with everybody's money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Too funny. Well, and of course, the most important opinion is yours. So uh, make sure you leave your comments and tell us what your best and worst of Pantera is for each of these records in the comments below. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.